0: Hi, and welcome to the East Cobb Presbyterian Church Student Ministry Podcast, where all lessons from your junior high leaders, youth staff members, and discipleship group leaders are available. We pray that this podcast will bless you and grow you in your knowledge and love of Jesus. Keep listening for this week's message. and working with- I'm recording you. Oh, perfect. There <laughs> so, you yeah. great. Thank you. I became a Christian there, and um, it was through a campus ministry. Highly recommend getting involved in campus ministries when you get, if you go, choose to go to university. Um, it changed my life, and I started working with the Navigators um, back then, worked at Kennesaw State and then moved to New Zealand for three years and worked at a couple of universities there. Um, I always had a desire to be in the mental health field and in the counseling field. Um, so then I started pursuing a graduate degree in 2019 um, to study clinical mental health counseling and marriage and family therapy. So two of the same. Um, I'm currently. Uh, I graduate in May, so excited. But I'm in an internship right now, and uh, I started that last May. And um, part of it is I work at a private practice here in um, Marietta and see clients. Um, if you have any understanding of the mental health world, that's like the one hour session with a counselor. I do that. But the thing I love most is I actually work at a psychiatric inpatient facility, um, and I work with 10 to 17 year olds, so somewhat in your age range. And I get to, so these kids are there for attempted suicide or um, suicidal ideation. And I get to talk to them about how to handle emotions like anxiety and depression. And I never get to integrate the Christian component because it's a secular facility. And so I was really excited to get to talk to you guys about it because. If you have trusted in Christ, if you're sitting in this room and you are a believer, you have a superpower with you when it comes to handling these emotions. And I never get to share that. And so I am happy to get to share that with y'all. Um, thank you. My first question is, if anybody feels brave to share, what do you want to learn about anxiety and depression? What do you want to learn? What do you hope I talk about tonight? Nobody has to share, too. Okay, why is it so prevalent in kids art? <coughs> great question, great. I will touch that, not overtly, so we should talk later, but I will touch it. Great, though. So, any other thoughts? Okay, We. oh yeah. How to best share the gospel with someone that's struggling with this? Mm, how do you share the gospel with somebody who's dealing with some overwhelming anxiety and depression, great. Great, again, we'll touch it. We're going we should just have a follow-up combo after. Um, yeah, okay, great, that's awesome. Awesome curiosity and question, and yes, I will touch on this, and hopefully we'll give you some more points on how that would look. Yeah. What are the best scriptures to help you deal with like anxiety? Okay, yes. What are the best scriptures? Yes, I also will hit that a little bit more. <laughs> um, so, yes. Okay, great. What are some scriptures that you can have in your back pocket for when these emotions become overwhelming for you or for others? How, what do you have? Um, if no one else has anything, and you can just internalize what you want to learn, too, we can go to the next also, sorry, Meredith, what time should I be done? Um, it would be best if you were done at 8.40, but it's okay. Only- oh, great. Yeah, okay. Awesome. I can do that. <laughs> okay, great. Um, my goals for tonight, I want to, like I said, grow your understanding of anxiety and depression, continue the conversation, and hopefully help you understand how your identity in Christ and as part of God's kingdom um, allows you to have, like, that superpower, Like, I can handle this with this extra set of tools. Um, Thank you. So we're gonna define anxiety and depression. We're gonna talk about who experiences them. I'm gonna give you a quick tool in how you, when you're experiencing these overwhelming emotions, how you can manage it um, in a healthy way. And then how do you look different? What are those scriptures? Or what can I have in my back pocket? Um, yeah, because I'm a part of the Kingdom of God, and thank you, so first, we're going to define and describe them there you go, um, and I just like to start off by talking about what are feelings and emotions. I think when we talk about anxiety and depression, people um and I don't uh, yeah, I have assumptions about where this comes from, but um, they become we just envelop our whole identity in them. And I want to try to help you understand that they're just two emotions that everyone experiences. Um, Emotions and feelings, they give color to our world. I like to say that emotions were given to us so that we can help understand and take in the experiences that we have in the world. They're just a very normal part of the world, just like your thoughts are normal, your emotions are normal. So it's not crazy when you're feeling some anxiety because you've got a test coming up. That's just part of how you're internalizing and understanding tests, how I, what I think about tests, what tests do to me, how I um, experience tests. Um, they help guide our decision making, assist us in knowing boundaries and where I begin and end as a person. Emotions come up when, th- when boundaries are being crossed. Um, again they help you understand and make sense of your experience who in here has a snapchat okay okay um Instagram snapchat I want like to say they're kind of like your Instagram and snapchat notifications they just kind of give you signals of something that's happening in your world just kind of like your online world. The, or the, the notifications come to give you a signal like, hey, someone's trying to get my attention. Something is trying to get my attention. Those emotions are just trying to get your attention. Um, these are working definitions of depression and anxiety as emotions. I'm going to talk about in a few minutes as a diagnosis or like a disorder. But these are just two emotions we experience. So depression, it's related to feeling sad or hopeless or empty. Um, The inability to anticipate anything pleasurable or any happiness in the future. Um, And just actually, you could just plainly say the inability to anticipate. Um, You just have no forward thinking. If you're feeling a little bit of depression, that's what those thoughts are doing. They're making you spiral into there's nothing beyond what is happening right now in um, what is happening right now, I just don't have any energy in. Um, anxiety on the other s- side is persistent thoughts of wanting to control that future outcome and wanting c- to make that future perfect, but can we control the future? We can't. Um, and we, yeah, so it's related to that fear and worry of I can't control the future, I can't make sense of what, or I can't yeah, I can't anticipate exactly what's going to happen. Um, I also like to say it's pressure that gets you amped up. I think anxiety is villainized a lot, and I think um, I want it to not be the villain in all instances, because if we didn't have a little bit of anxiety, if I'm walking in a dark alley at night, I need to have a little bit so I'm alert to my surroundings. So I, I, it's not always bad, but if it's driving the car is how I like to say, if it's like driving your whole life, that's when it's a problem. But not always bad. Um, Just some more of just describing them, what they look like. Um, I put them on opposite sides because I like to think of them on a spectrum. That's not to say that you can't be experiencing both anxiety and depression at the same time. But I think I like to put it like that because I like to understand it in terms of energy. So if we think of depression as having less energy and your energy is inward, like, oh, I don't have any, I, I can't move out of myself. I can only think about how this moment and myself in this moment, there, I, I just can't, it's just bad. Um, it's not going well. All of those thoughts that we've thought when we're feeling really sad, when we're feeling really empty, Um, That's how I like to understand depression, whereas anxiety, we think of that energy is up, like it's, if we think in its most extreme form, we see panic attacks, we think of panic attacks, like the energy is just really high and really really up, and it's really out. I was joking, and I've been joking with Meredith for the past few days, that it's like this frantic connection when you're feeling like a lot of anxiety. You're just frantically trying to connect with someone and someone who's calm so that they can calm you down. It's like that. Oh, I'm just, I just, I need something. I'm that's. This is my experience of anxiety. This is what I do. Is I'm like, hi, I need to talk to someone. I'm just feeling <laughs> really anxious. Um, whereas on the opposite side, you'll see. In depression you're feeling just disconnection isolation is what you want that's when you see like people who are experiencing a lot of depression they're sleeping a lot more they're doing a lot of um they're just really solo because they just that energy is not there to get up and out um and again this is not talking about a clinical level of depression or clinical level of anxiety we'll get to that in a second but um i yeah you can read up there. There's a lot of points I put on that because I'm an external processor and I just started thinking of all the things I wanted to say. Um, But some of the highlights I wanted to say is that they share distorted hope. Depression is that there is no hope. Um, Anxiety is that I can control my hope. My hope is in myself to control. Um, So both of them are distorted hope. Both of them are ruminating thoughts. You're just continuing to think about the same things both of them spiral. Um, when you're feeling a lot of both, or either of them, you have decreased creativity and problem solving. It's like that whole part of you is taken away. That part of you that creatively thinks of how to get out of a situation just like decreases when you're feeling a lot of either of them. I put up things on there that I thought um, represented or were examples of when you're feeling uh, a little bit of depression or feeling a little bit of anxiety. Like in depression, transitions are really hard. Who in here's has transitioned from one school to another? I think all of you have. Yeah. When we tra- go through those transitions, those are really tough. We can feel a little bit of depression in that. There's just so many changes. There's so many um, just new things happening. And we can just feel a little little depression, a little less energy. Um, to, yeah, a little less energy to focus on anything but ourselves at that point. Um, and, and anxiety, some things I, my, I was like trying to think of when I was in high school, what gave me anxiety and mine was the lunchroom on the first day. Cause I just was like, am I going to have anyone to sit with? Is anyone going to be my friend? Um, if I don't have anyone to sit with, will anybody, what's going to happen? Um, so those are just some of my examples. Do you guys... I'm like, do we have time? Do you have any examples? Any other examples that I didn't list up there that you could think would be more depression, uh, more of an example of depression or anxiety? No worries if not, but just wanted. Those are just thoughts I had. I have one. Yeah. Like for anxiety, when you know that you have some important conversation coming up with someone. Oh yeah an important conversation and you're like, "Oh, how is this going to go?" Yeah. And it, yeah, and if you look on that um that anxiety side, control and perfectionism are associated in descriptors of anxiety because with anxiety, a lot of our source of anxiety is I want to control that conversation and make sure it goes perfectly. Mm-hmm. Can we control someone other than ourselves? N- No, we can't. We'll talk later. Um, We can't control someone other than ourselves. And do we live in a perfect world where things go perfectly? We do not. So just the idea that we can control an outcome and make it perfect, um, yeah, that produces this energy that's frantic and amps up because we're just trying to get, we want that to happen, and it doesn't always happen. Um, Meredith, you can go to the next one. Um, yes, this is a, who's seen a feelings wheel? Okay, nice. Um, I just wanted to highlight that uh, feeling anxious and feeling depressed are just two of the whole gamut of emotions that we experience as humans. Um, they are not outside of the norm and also, yeah, I guess going back to I don't want to villainize either one of them. They help give color to our world. They help us understand situations we like and don't like. Um, they're not scary. They're just part of the human experience. Um, as we grow, we understand healthy ways to experience that whole range of emotions. This is the clinical level of what a psychologist, psychiatrist, counselor is kind of assessing for what when it becomes a disorder or clinical disorder, which yeah, these are just a few examples, and I just wanted to touch this because there is a clinical level of feeling, uh, major depressive disorder. Um, a lot of the kids I see at the hospital, they have major depressive disorder, um, or generalized anxiety disorder, and I don't know, maybe some of us in this room do, I don't know your story, and that's um, totally fine, I just wanted to say that this is different from what we were just previously talking about, feeling a little bit of anxiety and feeling a little bit of depression. <laughs> Um, this has to do with the duration, the intensity, and the frequency, so how long you've been feeling it, how intense that are that is, and in how much of your life does it impact. So is it in every realm, or do you just feel a little bit of anxiety at school? Is it in, um, to the point of f- having some panic attacks, or is it just when you have a test that day? Um, and is it the entire 24 hours or is it just the two hours that you're in that class? So those are just some things that we assess for, um, and that has to do with the chemical imbalance in your brain, perhaps, um, and these are the ones where you may need to consult with someone about medication and about, um, ongoing therapy, but just wanted to touch on this. This is a heavier slide, but I I definitely wanted to touch on it. And if it is, um, yeah, just wanted to put out as a blanket statement if any of these things on here feel triggering or you've got some anxiety in your stomach right now, you feel a little flutter in your stomach or tense in your shoulders right now, um, in talking about any of this, I did want to say Meredith is someone to talk to about any of these things ever, if these are ever present or in people you know, um, if these are ever present. Um, But I just wanted to talk about how these are three ways that we manage. Um, These are three, so when we're feeling a, a lot of an emotion and it gets to the overwhelming point, we wanna do something to relieve that emotion. Um, And that's a coping skill. We want to turn down the volume of how intense or heavy that emotion feels at that point. Um, There are healthy ways to cope and there are unhealthy ways to cope. And these are three of the unhealthy ways to cope. I put others, harm, self-harm, and then suicidality. The other's harm, that's when you take your overwhelming feelings out on others. So that's when it's like you're feeling that anxiety, but you don't know the words to say to your parents, the words to say to people you care about, um, and you just start yelling at them or hitting them, or it's just this, um, that you're taking out that emotion on someone else in a way that's not actually getting what you want is in the relationship that connection you want um self-harm those would be the um yeah you can do that with food food restriction overeating. you can do that by abusing drugs and alcohol um that's going to be taking out these overwhelming (coughs) feelings on yourself some people turn to cutting some people turn to um isolating all of these different things um again it's your you're feeling a heavy emotion and you're trying to get it out, trying to get some relief. And so sometimes if we don't have any tools, um, we turn to these tools. Um, and yeah, these, these are really heavy. And like I said, at, I'm at a hospital and um, a lot of what I see when it comes to others' harm, self-harm, and then eventually suicidality, I said they're there typically because they've attempted suicide or they're um, very seriously considering it. Um, It's that without hope and without tools, and ultimately my biggest takeaway that I've seen is it is without protectors. So people, these, These kids and teens that I see, they have grown up in a world where they didn't have anyone who ever looked at them or whoever wanted to protect them, whoever wanted to be there for them and care for them in that way, or maybe they did and they just didn't know how to. It was never understood by the teen or child. And I definitely, on this slide, wanted to make sure to say that, in this room and being a part of this community and specifically with your D group leaders and I know with Meredith and Jordan, they are people who are standing there and wanting to protect you. So if this is ever you, if this is currently you, if this is some of your friends that you know, um, I know three people in the back right there who are protectors in your lives that are here for you and want to the people that you turn to when emotions feel really overwhelming and you maybe feel like these are the only methods that you have. Or again, if we know some of those friends who are struggling with this and you know or maybe think that they don't have anywhere that they can turn, they don't have any protectors in their lives. Um, yeah, I just definitely wanted to make sure that that was mentioned and also that um, it's not abnormal. I mean, when we feel anything, we're just trying to get some relief. And um, I'm hoping that you have been taught and shown other ways to hope and help. Cal-